So welcome to this webinar. This is an e-commerce introduction, uh, otherwise known as a webinar for sales funnels. And uh, as we'll see as we go through this uh, particular session, there's a lot of um, opportunity uh, more generally for um, understanding how you can apply the principles of e-commerce uh, within your marketing activities. A huge amount of opportunity here, in fact, in terms of personalization and focus and particularly as we'll see as we go through this uh, this presentation we'll see there's a huge opportunity for really really honing in on your processes uh, within your uh, marketing activities um, e-commerce itself obviously uh, the name implies electronic commerce so this is very much a, a part of marketing that is very much driven towards increasing sales so this is really one of those um, sort of digital uh, sort of um, touch points if you like where sales and marketing meet um, and so there's potential a huge value that uh, marketing can bring in this particular area to the sales and revenue and growth of an organization. Having said that, if you are in a non-profit or maybe a government organization, uh, understanding some of the principles behind good e-commerce and good creation of sales funnels. In other words, the process beyond just purely the customer journey, but very kind of action and outcome orientated is a really, really good principle to be following. And that's really what I'm going to be focusing on in this session. What this session won't be is a process of um, helping you to see some of the better examples of sales funnels and e-commerce. Uh, there are many, many opportunities to watch introductory videos and great examples online. You only have to Google um, e-commerce videos on YouTube and you'll find a whole host of different uh, um, really exciting ways of, of looking and creating your own sales funnels and e-commerce situations. Uh, so we're not going to be focusing on that in this session. What I want to focus on in this session is much more the nuts and bolts, much more the kind of behind the scenes value and some of the areas and things that we can look at in terms of this being a very data driven activity. Uh, data within marketing and particularly when it comes to e-commerce and creating sales funnels is really, really key. This is not um, really anything to do with the front end in terms of how attractive um, your customer journey looks. This is very much the back end, the process that goes on behind the scenes that makes or breaks the success of this kind of journey uh, for your customer. But so where, where do we begin? Well, one of the starting points, and for those of you who have watched uh, my sessions in the past, and those of you who know me, you'll know that I always begin with the persona and the customer journey first. Um, and this is very, very true when it comes to creating a sales funnel, um, and particularly when it comes to driving e-commerce um, sales and revenue growth um, within your marketing. So by beginning with prioritizing the most relevant customer personas, and obviously that is a whole activity um, that we know and love as marketers very, very well. That is your starting point, really deciding which customer personas are going to be most receptive to be um, attracted by an e-commerce um, offering or by a flow of a sales funnel through to a defined endpoint where they commit to something, where they convert from being a prospect into being a fully fledged customer. 
And it's about creating the process and the back end, if you like, through the three stages of their journeys. And as we know, customer journey is all about creating awareness. So acquiring the customer, it's all about converting that awareness into some kind of commitment. So actually turning them from the prospect into a customer and then taking them through what I'm now terming the loyalty loop, where they are an existing customer. And we use a process of keeping them engaged through a variety of different tools so that we start to build their loyalty so that they come back, uh, not just to advocate, which is the whole customer journey process, but actually from a sales funnel process and an e-commerce process, they come back because of their loyalty to purchase again. So we can really start to increase the lifetime value. And we'll look at customer lifetime value um, in a little while because that's one of the really key values of creating this kind of a sales funnel. At the bottom of each of these slides, what I'm going to be showing you is a key performance indicator or two, depending obviously on the topic that we're talking about. And for me, the essence really of strong e-commerce and sales funnel creation is all about having really, really focused key performance indicators. In other words, these little kind of indicators, these little sort of traffic lights, if you like, of how well you are doing at that point in the sales funnel or in the e-commerce process. So a key performance indicator, as the name suggests, is all about an indicator of the key performance element at that stage in the customer's journey. So the KPI for this um, is very much about, you know, the the kind of the drop off, if you like, at each of these stages in that journey. So as we're starting to build this sales funnel and we'll, we'll build it literally slide by slide, step by step here, we can see that the very first starting point is, OK, the absolute number and the trend of new people into this sales funnel, the um, existing active ones and the existing declining ones. So customers who are already there in the journey and they're actually in the funnel, but we're not seeing much activity from them. So they're not really really um, engaging with us and they're not purchasing or buying at a regular basis. And then also the really important ones, and we'll come to these at the end of this webinar, the process of actually re-engaging with uh, lapsed customers. So those who were customers in the past, but is there a process we can do to kind of reinvigorate and actually bring them back on board? And there is certainly a part that the sales funnel process can play to achieving that. So once we've decided on our target persona, so we've got this person in mind and we know that we've been from a marketing perspective, choreographing some kind of journey of experience. Generally, it's going to be a digital journey at this stage, but there might be sort of little drop off points where they actually come offline and they have a real world experience as well. This is very much down to what you're creating. So the next step in terms of things to think about is the pricing of the sales funnel products or services that we're going to be offering. Now, one of the things that happens here is that if you're going to be doing this as a sort of a test campaign, if you like, so you're going to be creating a sales funnel, you're going to be taking somebody through a journey of clicks, and we'll talk about, you know, what makes up the sales funnel in a minute. But in essence, we're taking them through a journey, and we're monitoring, measuring every single time they click or move to the next step in the journey. Ultimately, what we want them to do is to purchase a product or service. Um, so that's kind of our, our target. And it's not as simple as just, oh, well, here's an existing product. We'll just lump that into the sales funnel and we'll hope that that, you know, is going to produce something. 
what we're doing here is we're possibly taking an existing product and we are working with and maybe in a quite a fluid way we're working with the pricing of that product to make it such that this is going to provide us with an incremental margin in other words we need to probably be marking up and generally e-commerce products are marked up in this way a three times markup on the cost of the product so that we can accommodate any kind of advertising cost that we're needing to put into here as well as operational costs for actually driving that product out um, into the marketplace so the kpi here is looking at a profitable activity so this moves us beyond just taking a customer through their customer journey into being actually they're there for a reason and that is to engage with and purchase a product or service and so we've got to make sure that the pricing is such that we can then accommodate the incremental margin that we're going to create from this sale within the whole mix of things that we do. Now, some of the things you might say, well, actually, I haven't got any kind of obvious products that I want to put in and test whether or not e-commerce is a way of um, actually taking these things to market. So sometimes what we do is we start to create maybe electronic products. So this might be some kind of IP that you have in the process that you offer, maybe to a distributor or to a reseller. Maybe there's some value in actually purchasing um, something like either a webinar or a downloadable um, guide to something. So often if you don't have a really obvious uh, product to sell within an e-commerce sense, we can sell on demand things that can be actually served um, or printed or created at the customer's end so they can download something and then maybe print or create it on their side. The sell on demand is quite an interesting one which kind of takes on um, the marketing that we would normally do when we have obvious products and services that we promote in our marketing communications. It starts to expand the kind of commercial offer that we have so it gives us an opportunity to be quite creative if you like and often when we're selling on demand in other words this isn't necessarily product we've got on the shelf this is a new way of you know offering a product or service to the customer it might well be that we can actually increase customer satisfaction by doing things more quickly in this kind of a model so e-commerce and sales funnels may be able to open up new opportunities for you to sell things through these channels in a faster turnaround which might increase um, your customer satisfaction one of those measures so one of the kpis here is something called net promoter score worth googling if you're not aware of net promoter score which is a really solid customer satisfaction measure which really does come into play when we start talking in this kind of way so you might have an existing product or it might be something new that you're looking to test within a sales funnel what we're also doing then is starting to do some kind of forecasting as to okay is this going to be time well spent so if we have a range of products and services that we're offering out to the marketplace already we have established channels that we're looking to service these things through if we're looking to do something by e-commerce so creating a sales funnel to try and sell online what we need to do is to figure out the kind of cost effectiveness and the appropriateness of doing it through an e-commerce method so one of the first things that we need to be looking at is to set some budgets here and one of the ways that we can start to look at budgets in terms of you know setting whether e-commerce is going to be appropriate for us is to look at our current average customer order value 
Okay, this is again another really interesting key performance indicator, which goes beyond just purely um, e-commerce and um, sales funnels. And this should be something that you're already familiar with. You know, what are the average customer order values by the personas that you're um, you're targeting? And of course, within a very effective, very efficient kind of e-commerce model where, you know, you're taking most of this stuff through a very, very fast process and then you're serving it online. If you can increase the throughput of that value so you can actually increase the um, average um, customer order value from maybe say ten dollars if it's a commodity item maybe up to twenty five dollars then this is going to give you more money potentially in your pot to spend on future advertising and acquiring more customers so there's a very nice neat little equation here that says incremental budget that you create as a result of going down this e-commerce route doesn't necessarily go back into the business straight into the bottom line. I mean, it can if that's one of the things that you're, you're tasked with. But often it's really nice to kind of reinvest anything that you gain from going down this e-commerce route back into your e-commerce pot, which gives you an ability to then maybe spend more than the budget you started with on the advertising that's going to then drive people into this sales funnel so it gives you the opportunity then to scale and if you can do this you know at you know tens of dollars maybe hundreds of dollars this isn't necessarily something that's going to require thousands of dollars or thousands of pounds worth of investment because if you're reinvesting some of the success you have in your sales funnels back into the front end you can scale it organically from within the project and this is a, quite a rare opportunity. You can't normally do this in marketing. Normally you go to the organization for a set amount of budget and that's what you've got to spend. So by creating a sales funnel and reinvesting some of the incremental value that you get from these sales, because they're very cost effective to send the product and service out, it's very fast, you see a quick turnaround, often it's on demand, so therefore there's a very fast turnaround. So this incremental money you're creating can, in theory, be held within this particular project. So in theory, it gives you a nice opportunity for kind of generating money from within that you can then retain. So it becomes quite a profitable way of doing things. Now, before we start to kind of create our sales funnels, what we have to be doing really is setting up a, a principle, if you like, of which channels we want to put into our um, e-commerce funnel or our sales funnel. Now, if we already have quite successful social networks or if we already have a very successful Google AdWords campaign, for example, now that's likely to be um, a channel or two that you would want to be then prioritizing. If this is the very, very first time that you've ever done this, my recommendation would be to spread the load, spread the risk and spread the coverage across a number of different channels. So you might be looking to begin selling into a variety of channels, maybe choosing two or three social networks that you're going to be advertising in to increase the awareness and start people um, their process within to again sort of moving into the funnel. I would also strongly recommend that you use the likes of Google AdWords. That's a very cost-effective, very manageable, very reportable channel to be using. And things like if you've got any kind of video content or you feel you could create some video content, um, things like YouTube advertising, pre-roll within YouTube um, is now a very, very cost-effective, very targeted, very focused, very engaging way of driving people into your sales funnel.
The, the key as fast as you can is to get to the 80 20 balance of the channels you're using so maybe even just by investing say 20 or 30 pounds 20 or 30 dollars into each of these channels just to see what happens if nothing happens you park that channel if something happens it's something then you can delve more deeply into so very quickly what you're doing is you're figuring out who are my most or what are my most successful channels and they will then get 80 percent of your focus and your budget now some people say oh you should put all of your eggs into that basket because you know it works i would always caveat that with ah oh, yes but what happens if a new potential channel could be a new social network it could be that your persona starts to trend or migrate to somewhere different digitally so maybe they used to be on facebook but now they're in linkedin for example you need to be able to continually test with a little bit of your budget some of the other options that are available to you some of the new kids on the block right now are TikTok and Snapchat. Do you want to be investing some focus in there to see when the time is likely to be right for bringing those into the mix? The answer might be no right now, but if you take your eye off this opportunity, take your eye off the ball, you're going to miss those new opportunities. And obviously what you don't want to do is for your competitors to jump in and then steal a lead. So the trick here is to be devoting the vast majority into your most successful tested channels. And I would suggest probably Google AdWords is going to be right up there in the mix, but others are available. So figure out which of those starting points for your sales funnel are going to be driving for this particular persona the most um, revenue. And it is based around revenue. This is all about conversions. It's not how many engagements did I get. This is beyond the customer journey. This is very much a sales focus. So the KPI here then will be revenue by channel. So we're not looking at vanity metrics here. We're looking at hard objective measures of the success of each individual channel. So keep testing and keep listening. What we're also looking to do here is to figure out um, if you're targeting um, existing customers, so your advertising is directed maybe towards a Facebook group that you already have, where you have existing customers um, in that group, um, and so the targeted, in the targeted messages that are going out here, uh, the landing pages are driving towards those individuals, then what you're looking to do is grow by retention. And this lovely phrase that sort of comes into the mix at this point is something called customer lifetime value. Now, if you've watched any of my uh, previous videos, you will know um, in other webinars, I've talked about this concept of customer lifetime value. It's absolutely vital that you know for your key target personas, irrespective of whether you're going down this um, e-commerce sales funnel route or whether you're doing more kind of traditional offline or digital marketing, that you know your customer's lifetime value. And that is for each individual persona that you target. If you know the financial value, the objective value for each of your particular customer personas, then you can start again to play with the prioritization of them. And you can certainly then start to play with incrementally increasing that lifetime value. Maybe if it's only literally by $1 a month, but think about that scaled up you know, to a thousand to 10,000, depends on how many customers you have, depends on the style of your business. But thinking about that incremental growth of value of orders and value of order size, and also really interestingly, when it comes to e-commerce and sales funnels, the order frequency. These are things and ways that you can actually grow your revenue, you can grow your organization, 
by focusing on existing customers increasing their lifetime value. So the KPI here is the lifetime value, and that's the average revenue by customer divided by the churn rate. That's the rate at which customers then you lose. Um, and we all lose customers, you know, it's just the nature of business. But if you can keep that CLV, that customer lifetime value, relatively high and start to increase the flow through in your sales funnel, in your e-commerce project, in your customer journey, if you can increase that through such that the average order size increases by just a few percentage points the frequency with which customers come back and reorder maybe moves from 30 days to 29 days or 28 days even those tiny little differences times the number of customers can make a huge difference to the um, measurable success that you have as an organization so growth by retention is also another really important measure here. And I think probably what you can see already is that this is all about the numbers. This is all about the data. We've talked about plotting from an experiential basis, the customer journey. This is all about what's lying underneath it in terms of measurable benchmarks, measurable key performance indicators, measurable analysis of actually what goes on underneath the journey itself. And what it does, it allows us to continuously test. One of the really nice things that if you decide to go down this whole um, selling online route and you're creating a sales funnel click by click, you know, movement by movement through from email to social media to a landing page through to um, a transaction page through to conversion, but from a basket through to loyalty program. If you're deciding to go down this route, the ongoing continuous testing measure and control over the process is absolutely vital so you can make those little incremental improvements this isn't necessarily about a giant revolution of your business this is about little tiny evolutions so if you sell product a and you sell it for $1.29 next month could you sell it for $1.30 could you get that product into um, an, an additional number of personas could you actually just increase the frequency with which that product gets ordered and what we introduce at this point is what we call a b testing in other words testing how you manage to achieve that little one percent incremental growth testing how you manage to get a certain number of people beyond point x to point y in the journey that they're clicking through so by a b testing what we mean here is by changing just one individual item so it could be the image on the page that they land on by changing that image but leaving all of the words the same what we're allowing ourselves to do is to make a judgment that hey this image was better than that image in terms of click through and we actually made this amount of money more because that image was there rather than the previous version you can do it with titles, you can do it with single sentences, you can do it with the position of a button to purchase on the page. So maybe on, in, in um, version A, it's on the left side, on version B, it's on the right hand side. Measure the difference, measure the effect. Not every time is it gonna be an improvement. Sometimes you'll make mistakes, but by learning from those mistakes in terms of position, color, tone of voice, style, the amount of content, the style of the content, one page has video, one page doesn't, whatever those A-B things are, and you only change one thing at a time so that you can then know that that was the thing that made the difference, you can then continually improve. And one of the things within an e-commerce um, sales funnel perspective 
that we always look to do here is to test individual sales pages versus a storefront. So if you're thinking of creating a nice big all singing or dancing online shop because you've got a load of products and services that you want to sell, one of the best practice methods for increasing sales within your business is not to take people to your shop. I'm just going to pause for a second there so you can actually think on what I've just said there. If you're looking to increase the sales within your business using e-commerce and sales funnels, the objective here is to not take people to your shop if you have one. Now that's counterintuitive. You would think, well, isn't it obvious that I take people to my shop if I'm trying to sell products online? Yes, you would think that would make logical sense, wouldn't you? But there's a lot of research that points to the whole idea that actually individual sales pages where a customer potential customer prospect a lead is served on an individual page without the distraction to get lost in the whole decision making process in terms of colors and options and variants if they're given a simple choice do i buy do i not buy you will find the conversion rate will be higher so that's not to say don't have a shop because of course they might want choice and you might later in their journey decide to give them further choices and upsell to them and cross sell to them. But at the point of purchase, keeping the options really focused and really tight, you will probably find and add some comments into the message thread um, on the uh, recording of this if you don't uh, find that this is true, but you will probably find that a test sales page landing page in a sales funnel will outperform your shop in terms of actual order value and also the conversion rate. Go away and test it and have a little play with that and see whether that is true. The nice thing of course about the whole idea of individual sales pages is that they're very clean and tidy for doing A-B testing. So you can just literally have as many pages as you want and take people into a funnel, directing them through an advert onto a specific landing page to do what you want them to do. And it's a very clean, clear process. You're not reliant on them following a journey through what it could be quite a complicated storefront. It could be quite a complicated website that's got bits of, you know, non-shop side. It's got a bit of, you know, about us and it's certainly other. The cleanest, most precise sales funnels are those that are literally landing page driven. So I would strongly suggest that you go in that direction to start with and start doing some testing. So you've decided, OK, we're going to go and do a little bit of uh, landing page stuff. So this is a landing page that could be part of your website, but doesn't have all the typical menu structure. So this is very much a standalone entity. Now, how do you get people to it? Well, obviously, you can get people to it through a, um, a targeted advertisement. So you can be using something like AdWords um, to, to make that happen. But you can also do this organically. So using something like Ubersuggest, which will give you some recommendations for search engine optimizing your landing page using a variety of keywords that you know your target persona would be searching for when they're looking for the kind of product that you're offering on the landing page. Another way that you can do it as well, um, you can obviously do the keyword research and then make sure those things are, are featured um, heavily within the page to optimize it. But you can also reverse engineer pages that you know from your competitors are targeting a similar kind of offer. 
SpyFu is a very useful little uh, online website that will give you some uh, indicators as to kind of competitive activity in this space. Um, and it's also really worth doing, even if you decide not to go down that route and you're going to do your own thing, it is always useful to um, do a little bit of research and find out what kind of competition you're up against. And what you should be doing at this point, the KPI for this particular element of um, creating your sales funnel is to look at conversion rates by each individual keyword. So not only does the page convert, but which keywords driving traffic to that page are the best converting words. And certainly something like Uber suggest will give you that kind of feedback and that kind of input, because clearly you're going to do more of what works and less of what isn't. So that continuous improvement happens in terms of landing page creation as much as it does in terms of actually your um, target persona activity as well. So what we've done is we've created our little landing page and there'll be a whole bunch of stuff on there, um, which will um, entice hopefully the, uh, the customer to actually do something. Um, the general first step though, and this is the, the one key thing, and as marketers we always like to give customers lots to choose from and lots of offers because we think well if they don't like option one, um, maybe if we add, um, add in option two or maybe even option three and four, at least then we should provide them with something they'd like. Again, this is not the way to create a sales funnel. Really effective sales funnels are driven by a single, and that is one single, standalone call to action, a CTA. And this is what you need to start with. What is it you want your customer persona, having seen the ad or done a search and then landed on your landing page, what is it that you want them to do? Well, what you want them to do is not to learn something, is not to um, get educated, informed, um, entertained or anything like that. The focus here in this process is to get them to buy. At the very least, it's to bookmark, they could leave and you need to monitor that leaving. You know, that would be a bounce um, in terms of um, sort of Google uh, reporting. That would be, you know, the, the bounce rate that you have, actually have here. But what you're looking to do is to have a KPI, a key performance indicator that is the number of purchases per landing page. So you might create a single landing page with a single call to action that is call to action X. You then have an almost identical, but one different landing page. So it might have a different image on it. And that is landing page Y. Your task as a marketer here is to be looking at the purchase rate per landing page. So is the landing page X better performing in terms of purchase rate than landing page B? So it's a very simple binary decision. You're gonna scale up the one that's working better and you're going to park or retire the one that isn't. And then you bring another version in and you continue to do that. Step two, which again, if we're looking to enhance and increase the customer lifetime value, step two is about getting more than just that individual um, call to action achieved within the page. So the first thing that we can do is to encourage some kind of additional order bump as it's called. And this doesn't happen actually on the page itself. So that first page, that first landing page in our sales funnel, coming from the ad or coming from a search, they've landed on our landing page, they've decided, okay, I'm gonna purchase this, this looks like a great deal, I want it. So they click purchase. On the checkout page, there is an option to increase the average order value 
and a percentage of customers will take you up on this order bump, which could be you offer them a bundle. So in other words, this product that they've just bought, it's actually compatible with this other product as well. Would the customer like it? You might also want to cross-sell another um, sort of product, like say maybe an accessory or something that goes alongside this first product. Or you might want to upsell sorry not upsell you might want to also um, add sort of some value to the sale by offering a warranty now we've all seen this you know if you're looking to um, buy sort of specific products particularly commodity products you'll often see that is this and if you see amazon um, it's always in the you know customers like you also purchase this bundle and it came with this little accessory this little added extra this will help you to increase the average order value not every customer will do it but those that do will incrementally increase the value on average of the orders that you're getting. Step three then is once they've gone through the checkout page, they might have already decided, yeah, I'll take that extra, or, um, that extra product, or maybe I don't. There's another opportunity here, and this is the upsell. And on the confirmation page, which is actually after the checkout, so this is when it's actually happened, this is the most attractive point from the customer's perspective to upsell the product. In other words, if they've bought product, um, the value version of the product, and you have a premium version of the product, this is the opportunity to maybe offer them a discounted trade up, if you like. This is the opportunity for getting the, um, the sort of 20% uh, premium version or the added value version. Again, not every customer is going to do this, but those that do will increase the average order value that you have. And even if it's only 10% of customers taking up on this, the incremental difference is huge. So can you see how different this is from your typical customer journey, just the soft, gentle click by click subjectively? This is very much driven about encouraging sales online. Step four is that if somebody refuses the upsell in other words they think now it's not really interested in that one you can actually offer them a discounted downsell um, and this might be something like um, giving them the opportunity to um, have free shipping for example this could be a really really attractive thing and again if you're looking to maybe um, attract something like a subscription so you're encouraging people not only have they bought product a and they've got it you know, just for this month but actually if there is an ongoing uh, version of the product and you think well actually um, this should be really attractive to them because we know the persona well a percentage of those customers Customers will take the downsell, which might be okay if I commit to maybe a monthly subscription here, I get free shipping. And that repeat business again will increase your average order value. And step five is a really interesting one here. And we won't talk too, in too much detail about kind of retargeting and adding uh, Facebook or Google pixels, but there is a little piece of code that you can put into all of these sales pages that will allow you then to keep in touch if the customer says, I want this product, or actually I'm going to decide, no, actually I don't want step two, step three, step four, and then they move on. You have an opportunity when they're then traveling out through social media or onto to the rest of the web, you have an opportunity of keeping in touch with them as the advert gets represented to them a little bit later down the line. And often for some customers, you know, that can be something that maybe is you know, part of a slightly longer decision making process that could result in an increased conversion rate and increased revenue value by customer. 
Now, you might think, my goodness, that's so hard to sell. That's so much to offer. And the trick is here doing it in a stylish, open and authentic way. If you continually add value, then there's nothing, there's nothing to worry about here. There's no harm done. And of course, if your products and services are already adding value, this is only providing an opportunity for the customer get, to get more of the same. If what you are offering isn't based around a, um, a sort of a tangible product, but you're still interested and curious about this kind of detailed deep dive into customer interaction through the, um, the clicks and the op um, opportunities of producing a funnel, one of the things that you might like to consider, and this is one that will also increase the engagement levels um, in, within your customer journey, is you can often come up with a webinar-driven sales funnel where it's not actually the end product that is the the purchase point it's actually the webinar and generally these are free webinars that are as a result of the advertising so if you have a really interesting story or if you have a really helpful how-to guide if you can handhold your customer through a whole series of sort of educational informative things that provide huge value to them it may well be that you could create a, um, a really effective webinar around that particular message or subject again if thought leadership is part of your um, strategic approach to market in marketing webinar driven activities can be hugely powerful and there are two values that you get from a webinar driven sales funnel so you have an advert at the front end probably going to a landing page where people can sign up for the webinar the webinar obviously happens a little bit down the stream from this but as the trade-off for getting the value from the webinar the customer needs to give you some of their data so that could be an email address it could be a social media connection it could be their mobile phone number so you can text them you need to decide what data you need to capture. So as part of the value trade, if you like, for the value that you give out for this free webinar, you're capturing some of their data. And of course, at the end of the webinar, having had a lot of value, you have a captive audience who potentially then could go deeper into the sales funnel with a call to action, which could be a follow-up call, which maybe builds the relationship and engagement with them, much like the, uh, the image on the screen here, or it could be a, a sell of a particular product or service that relates to what you covered in the webinar. What's happening here is really what we're trying to do is join up the story, adding value to the customer, customer lifetime value, but also value to us as a business, data capture and repeat and ongoing sales. And this is really the principle behind this whole kind of e-commerce sales funnel approach. And of course, it moves on sometimes beyond just being online, because with customer journey, a lot of the time uh, we see then a crossover into the delivery of the product or service. We can also test conversion rates by varying things like inbox inserts. So if you deliver something physically to a customer, change the insert in there, maybe adding um, sort of a loyalty thing, maybe some kind of upsell, maybe come some kind of um, engagement or um, sort of VIP uh, loyalty program. Um, the opportunities for cross-selling and maybe if your product's seasonal in filling those quieter times can also be really interesting with this kind of sort of tactical insert promotion if you like that you can run as individual little campaigns again a b testing maybe half of your customers get it half of your customers get something different and test the difference in um, take up test the difference in response rates test the difference in actual conversion rate and, and future product sales 
There's loads of things that we can build into this whole idea of a sales funnel. And it's about plotting these things out literally step by step. So big flip charts and uh, lots of post-its really are the order of the day. And ultimately, what you don't want to be doing as part of this is to think that you have to be bringing a person into the sales funnel. And once you've sold to them, that's it. Then back upstream, get another person into the sales funnel, sell to them and then leave them go and then back upstream to the top of the sales funnel. Ideally, what you're looking for here is what we call RPI, recurring predictable income. And this is always based around more of a subscription model rather than this constant sort of acquisition model. A lot of marketers view their, their role as being at the awareness stage, but actually some of the really key value that we get in the customer journey and in the sales funnel is where we focus actually on turning our existing customers into a, um, a revenue generating machine, if you like, based around a subscription model. Because then what we can do is focus on what we call compound growth rather than just purely sales revenue at the front end. Compound growth means that, you know, if we have, say, 10 customers and five of those move to a subscription model, well, we know next month we've got 15 customers in effect. And then the following month, we're going to retain probably four out of those five. But we've got another five coming into the subscription model. And so it goes on and on and on. And this multiplier increases significantly our overall growth as an organization in terms of revenue. And it's also very forecastable. Well, the last thing we need, and particularly through these kind of uncertain times, is where you know, we're always having to look at the sales line, whereas actually what we should be doing is looking at the customer lifetime value line and managing that average dropout of customers per month, rather than worrying too much about how many we get in the door. So the key performance indicator here is actually not losing customers rather than actually gaining customers. It's a slight and subtle change in mindset, but from an overall value that this kind of e-commerce sales funnel approach brings, it can be absolutely huge. And in an ideal world, once we set these kinds of um, platforms and these kinds of processes up, what we're looking to do is automate, and particularly that subscription model, automate as much as we can. Now, it's still us as custodians in marketing, we still obviously got to do the A-B testing. Um, we've got to be testing frequencies and you know, types of products and you know, whether or not our membership schemes worked, et cetera, et cetera. So we still need to keep a really, really tight rein on what's going on. But anything that we can um, reduce the manual intervention for, so if the process can be you know, very much automated, then so much the better. And one of the things that we're looking for here is this whole idea of a key performance indicator that is really focused around recurring income. Okay, so automation at the loyalty loop at that kind of retention phase in the customer's journey the more we can automate that and just watch those conversion rates the better it's very likely that we can increase our conversion rates at this level um, from probably a minimum target of around about 10 percent up to what's claimed to be pretty much a maximum of around 30 percent it's very unlikely with the efforts that you have to make to move the conversion rates at this level beyond 30%, you're going to get much of a return on the time that you're going to spend. So somewhere between 10 and 30% feels like a really good target if you're looking to set some, some forecasts and some budgeting at this kind of level. 
And once we create that automation, one of the things that naturally springs into mind here is to increase the frequency and the appropriateness of the um, email campaigns that we do. Email is really the friend of the sales funnel and really the friend of e-commerce. And it's one of those kind of less fashionable things within um, digital marketing more generally. Everybody's focused um, at the moment on sort of getting value from social media. But email, particularly in sales funnels, can provide a huge amount of value. So building email into the post funnel process at every step of the journey is a really important thing to do. Think about persona specific automated emails. Check your campaigns for the conversion rate, not just open rate, not just views, not just click throughs, but actually what happened in terms of outcomes. Did email version A produced better than email version B because you had a different title line, because you had a different subject line, because the lead story was in a different position or the call to action button was placed differently. Those are the kinds of things that we need to be continuously learning from. And so look at conversion rate, push yourself harder than just open rates. Open rates are vanity metrics. They're just a feel good factor that means nothing to the business in reality. So really push hard on what you're testing yourself to do. Email really is the friend that will fuel the second half of the sales funnel. First half is fueled by SEO, by a strong landing page. Then there's the bit in the middle, which is the process of serving the customer with or without a webinar, but certainly serving them in, in terms of really tight kind of process. And then the final bit of the retention phase, very, very strongly driven by emails and set up, you know, a series of pre-programmed emails, make them seasonal if that is appropriate to your business. This is the way again of automating a lot of the email stuff that you can create will be this year as it was last year in terms of appropriateness. So making sure that, you know, you make um, really, really good use of past data because the more you can do this in a really, really sort of slick and efficient way, the better. And you can accelerate the throughput of all of this by using the power of reviews. So much as you use uh, reviews on your website, you can use those in the e-commerce sales funnel as well. Um, the, the rich snippets that you can get from Google reviews particularly, I mean, others are available, TripAdvisor, uh, Trustpilot, and many more are available. Um, but certainly Google reviews has a huge SEO benefit and include those reviews on the sales funnel pages those landing pages we talked about. Also include them within um, your rich uh, emails as well. Um, these will also encourage um, sort of engagement as well with existing customers as they see there are reviews, they are statistically more likely to post their own review as well. And of course, all the time here, your key performance indicator is your net promoter score customer satisfaction. So not only have you provided great value from your marketing, but you've also driven um, an incremental sales channel here using e-commerce and sales funnels at the same time as retaining, if not growing, your customer satisfaction. And that's the really important thing that I always evangelize, this idea that, yes, it's subjective, but it's also objective. It's that balance of measures that gives you a really, really great dashboard to work with. And the final piece of the jigsaw really is what we call tripwire campaigns. And these are campaigns that are to reinvigorate tired or um, asleep, if you like, or dormant customers. So the customers who are in your database 
and they are available for um, increasing their lifetime values. You need to kind of figure out why they're asleep and why they haven't been purchasing. But again, A-B testing, different combinations, particularly through email, uh, is a really good thing. You could advertise to them, but probably email at this stage is the most appropriate. Again, social media might come into play here. Find out what kinds of products, and I would always suggest here, not offering lost leaders, but just low cost offers to invigorate. Maybe free shipping comes back in again here to just reinvigorate that process of engagement with you. Um, figure out what works for them versus the products that they purchased before. In other words, if you can find correlations of, of what works today when you um, send them a special offer to reinvigorate that um, relationship, see, see if that can correlate with a, a pattern of um, earlier purchases. And again, your KPI here is incremental sales. If you could reawaken just say 5% of your dormant customers, what would that say for the bottom line? Huge opportunities here to continuously learn, continuously improve, just a few little steps, few little incremental improvements to things that you do. And these can make a huge amount of value to how the organization views marketing, but also to how um, you're adding real value, tangible value back to the business. And the same can be said for free shipping. This is a really interesting one that can be used very tactically within all of these stages of the process that you've talked about. So having created your sales funnel, having created all these new incremental sales opportunities for webinars, this, this more detailed objective interaction with your customers, play around with the concept of free shipping. If it's not appropriate to you, just park this one, just know it's there. But if you do ship products and services physically, then free shipping can be a nice, interesting one that may have a significant impact on the average order value or incremental sales that you actually get from each individual customer sale. And that brings us full circle back to the, what I would term the ultimate e-commerce dashboard. And the ultimate e-commerce dashboard is this all singing, all dancing list of things that as marketers, we really should be measuring and monitoring. We should know this really, if we're a strong marketer, this is the kind of thing that really the business needs to hear or the organization needs to hear from us. If we don't know these things, then we're probably just working with vanity metrics. This is the kind of stuff that the organization should be hearing from us. Everything from customer satisfaction and net promoter score through how and why and when we've managed to increase average order values, conversion rates, revenue values by each individual customer persona. There's a huge opportunity here to make the most of each of these opportunities for us. And if we're not doing this, well, we could be missing a trick because the chances are with this really, really strong um, increase in the amount of online transactions and e-shopping and, um, you know, purchasing and working from home, everything is going into this mix that says this is only going to grow. So it's down to us, irrespective of our sector, irrespective of the kinds of products and services that we have to figure out what we could factor into a sales funnel, what we could factor into an online store, what we could factor in to an e-commerce marketing opportunity. So I'd strongly recommend you have a really good sort of detailed think about this. Be curious, explore and see what you can come up with. You probably aren't going to do everything on this list, 
but some of these things could offer some really huge opportunities. One, to make you and marketing look great in your organization, but two, to actually continually offer some really high value things to your customers as well. So as we've been talking, I've just had a, uh, sort of a few little questions have uh, sort of popped up um, on chat to me. Um, first one um, has come in is we sell financial services, not products. So how do we do this? Um, to me, it's, it comes back to the whole thing about the webinars. I think that's, um, that's the key thing. If you sell a service, you probably sell an opportunity to uh, provide some really good sort of guidance. And if you sell financial services, maybe there's a, a sort of a lifestyle thing that goes on there. If you're talking to consumers, um, if you're looking to talk maybe to, I'm just thinking out loud here, independent financial advisors, maybe there's some... Um, market guidance or maybe there's some product training that could be offered up here um, in return for data capture so i think yeah go down have a little look at that webinars route factor webinars into your sales funnels because i think that could work really well and that's probably not just applying to financial services could be any kind of um, similar sort of industry service based uh, next question is can you recommend a sales funnel company now, that's a, that's a really good question, yeah, because what I haven't done here is kind of obviously focus on the, the how-to. I've given you the principles of why it would be of interest to do this. Um, I'm not sponsored by any of these, but I've got a couple of um, organizations which would be my go-tos to start with. Um, the first one would be clickfunnels.com. I'd um, always start there. They're a little bit like what Google is to websites, uh, MailChimp is to email, uh, clickfunnels.com is to um, creating sales funnels. Um, another one that I've um, been exploring for the, the webinar approach is um, stealthseminar.com, uh, which could be a nice little alternative. And, and both of those offer, particularly ClickFunnels, offer a lot of tutorials, lots of ways of creating landing pages, um, and certainly an end-to-end -end process of building the actual sales funnel. So they'll take you, they'll hold your hand through the implementation of all of these um, approaches and slides that we've talked about. I've got time for just one more question. Here's um, I don't control pricing, so what can I do? And that's an interesting one because I did say that um, part of this is all about testing not only the uh, the process and the A/B testing of product and service, but actually is about the pricing side of things. I would suggest possibly then not going it alone if you don't control pricing and maybe you only have a a small amount of control over the um, the product marketing side of things because maybe you're in marketing communication so you just deal with the front end i'd suggest probably maybe putting together a little task force or a little kind of multi-discipline team within your organization to explore it maybe you set this up as a um, i don't know digital innovation team and you invite a few people from other uh, departments to have a look at this and um, certainly if you don't have any control over pricing uh, maybe you also want somebody from finance in there as well because they can help you with a lot of the number side of things um, in terms of conversions and operating profit and margins and the like um, and they may also have access to some data that you don't have. So, um, yeah, I would certainly say, you know, some kind of multi-discipline team, um, probably including customer service if that's appropriate, product marketing if you need that, 
um, sales as well would be interesting because it might be a crossover there um, and definitely finance yeah undoubtedly finance because this is very much as I said at the start very much data driven uh, you're going to get huge value from it but it is all in the granular level of detail that's that's really what we're after here so hopefully those uh, those little answers have been uh, helpful. Those are the three questions that, uh, that popped up on, uh, on the screen in front of me. If you do have any questions after uh, this or you're watching this on catch up, um, use the message facility in the usual way uh, down below this particular video and I will do my best to answer the questions. So it's just left for me to say thank you very much for coming along or if you're watching on catch up, thanks a lot for uh, watching this video. Hopefully you found that interesting, a little bit of a diversion away from traditional uh, kind of marketing and customer journey into getting some real value from that crossover between us and the sales team. Uh, we can certainly provide value and it's all about that A-B testing. So be curious, enjoy yourself, go in, explore and play. And just remember, you don't need a big budget to do this, just a bit of time and a little bit of a motivation to stay curious. So the very best of luck and do share in the uh, comments below um, any experiences that you have any good or bad things that you'd like to share with everyone else i think it'll be really useful for all of us so thanks a lot for coming along and i hope to see you on a webinar again very very soon